0: Because God strengthens us, amen? As long as you are with God, you have nothing to fear. And you don't have to ever worry about falling away. You are stronger than you think, amen? Amen. So are we ready over there, Mrs. Maestros? Praise God. Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. And, Lord, we do bless and thank you. Now, you know what? I'm sorry, but there's uh, someone we need to pray for. Uh, Eddie is in the hospital And we need to pray for him having problems with his kidneys. Amen. So, Father, we just pray for Eddie. We bind the devil. We break the devil's power over his body right now in Jesus' name. And, Father, we just thank you for Eddie, Lord. We thank you that Eddie will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. Now, we curse um, kidney disease. We curse it at the root in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that Eddie is healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Now, Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And, Lord, we just thank you for what you are doing. We thank you for uh, blessing us, for delivering us in every way, spiritually, physically, and mentally. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And praise God. All right, that feels good. We always have to pray for people. Never not pray for people because every day people need prayer. Amen. So you're stronger than you think. Let's go to Ephesians 6. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6. And the Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that's a big statement right there because you're not coming in your own strength. We're coming in the strength of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we can only go so far on natural strength. Natural strength is going to give out on us. Amen. Hallelujah. But when you're coming in the name of the Lord's strength and we give him a chance to increase our strength and infuse us with his power his might and this is what he does amen and this is that you ever heard some people saying maybe you said it in the past i got a second wind and i got that last leg of energy and I, that was god's strength it wasn't yours <laughs> that was the strength of god because his strength is is like it's dunamis power dunamis and, it incre- and you know, when people, I listen to that, even with my own situation, that last uh, leg of strength sometimes is more powerful and stronger than the strength that you used for the past three or four hours because that's God's strength. It's dunamis power, and it is a power that uh, our natural man cannot compare with the power that God gives us, amen? So let's just read in Ephesians 6, verse 10. Hallelujah. And it says, Finally, my brethren, it's talking about putting on the whole armor of God. Amen. And uh the armor of God, of course, we know what it is: the helmet of salvation, a breastplate of righteousness. We we know all of that by heart. But it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in, in the power of his might. Not your might, but his might. And then it says to Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. And that word power, where it says power of his might, that means authority. So you're coming in the authority of God. Amen. Strength comes from God. Amen. And when God says to be strong, these words go through us. Amen. And they, they empower us to be strong. He puts his power on the inside of us and his might, and it takes over, and it kicks in and gives us the ability to keep going. Amen? Because the greater one lives in us. This is the power of the greater one. So you know what? I don't say I'm tired anymore. Sometimes when I catch myself saying that, I correct that because I am not tired tired. Simply because I'm running off of God's steam and not mine. Amen. I'm running off of his steam. His steam never runs out. Amen. And so we need to use his steam more than we use our steam because our steam gets gets worn out. Hallelujah. And so we need to always depend on the Lord's power and for him to ignite us and to infuse us with his strength not our own so we are stronger than we think because we don't ever count in god we don't you know we don't count in god and so if we would acknowledge him and what he does for us you know what how he causes us to continue to go like that bunny what's that energizer bunny He keeps going and going and going, but we don't run out after a few hours, but the energizer bunny does, but we don't because we're infused with the power of God. Amen. So we're stronger than we think. Hallelujah. And so let's see, did I have to look up any words? Not yet, but the word of God admonishes us to be strong and courageous and don't fear. God is always telling us be strong. Don't fear. He told Joshua, be, be, uh, be courageous and be strong and do not fear. Be very strong. Because God's, He knows that He can give us whatever we need to keep going. But we rarely ask for it. Amen? Yes. Or sometimes have you ever started out strong and then didn't last because we ran out? We were going on our own steam and not God's. Amen. But God never allows his people to run out of power and and energy and steam. And I'm learning so much of what being in in the rest of God is all about. Trust me, I'm learning. Amen. But it's such a good thing because you get uh, closer to God. And, you know, when you are, uh, let's see, how do I want to say this? When you are in the rest of God or in the presence of God, then, uh, God gives you more, uh, more than enough power or steam or whatever it is you need. He gives you more than enough. So you never run out of energy. You never run out of, you just go to sleep because you know it's time to go to bed. But, you know, but you don't fall into bed. Remember those days when you stuff just fall into bed. And see, I'm so thankful I don't do that anymore. You know, we need to take charge. And by when I say take charge, I mean allow God to come in and guide us and have more say in what we do. Amen. Hallelujah. Let God take the wheel. In other words, people understand that. Jesus, take the wheel. Give him the wheel. Amen. You know, um... Jesus told Peter, come, come, Peter, walk on this water. And that wasn't just an invitation when I was reading that. And the Lord was asking me, what, what did I get from reading it? So when Peter was walking on the water and he started to fall and Jesus, he called out to Jesus and Jesus caught him. That was uh, empowering him. It wasn't just an invitation, Peter, come and walk. Like he says, bid me to come, but it was an empowerment. That's what I'm trying to say. It was an empowerment of God's power in being infused in Peter to cause Peter to get back up and and stay afloat. It was more than just, I'm falling, help me. Are y'all here? I I hope I didn't mess that up. I have a a habit of over-explaining, and before you know it, y'all looking like huh? But he's also empowering him with his strength and his power to stay afloat and to do what he needs to do, amen, to walk on that water, amen. Because that was a miracle in itself. But God God is saying to us in this hour, you are stronger than you think you are. You can take more than you think you can. This This situation will not kill you, I'll put it like that. It will not kill you. It will not take you under like Peter almost went under. It won't take you under. But you will survive this. Amen. And then you'll look back and say, oh, what a great uh emotional exercise that was. <laughs> it's emotional, but it's a good exercise. Amen. Whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Let's go to Ephesians 3. Now, you all know that was not a good interpretation but that's what came out hallelujah no peter wanted to achieve a specific goal and what he was trying to achieve is that he could do in in faith he could do what jesus did amen and this is why jesus was so eager to help him amen hallelujah so in ephesians 3 16 let's read it and it says well, let's go to 15. It says, 14, it says, uh, For this reason I bow, and this is Paul. This, this is Paul's prayer, actually. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through God's Spirit, in the inner man. So God strengthens us with his might through our inner man. There's no reason why we should be weak. There's no reason why we should run out of steam. It's like this. When it's time to quit, it's just time to quit. But see, what we do is we overexert ourselves and then we fall out. And then the next morning we're stiff and we have complaints. Well, it's because we don't obey God and stop. And enter into his rest like we're supposed to do. Amen. But God is such a, I mean, he, he look, he's, this is what I'm still learning. God is taking care of every complaint we have. Every situation, God is taking care of it. Amen. Hallelujah. Whatever it is that you need, enter into his rest. He will give you whatever it is you need. So he's, uh, granting us according to his riches. His riches in glory, to be strengthened by might through our spirit. See, we're trying to get this in the natural. you got to allow the Holy Spirit to work on the inside of us. And, and through the Holy Spirit, you will be granted all kinds of uh, supernatural strength, supernatural wisdom, supernatural knowledge. Everything that we need comes from by the spirit. But see, what we do, we are uh, natural operators, hate to say it, but we forget to include the Holy Spirit. You know, we think everything is done by our own strength. And we have to drop our natural strength and our desire to do things our way and to do it and just allow God to come in and do things for us. He'll give you wisdom on how to do things uh, even better. Things that we, you know, we can have been doing things uh, for years and years one way and God wants us to show us a better way Amen. and so if we keep in contact with his spirit and and just um make him first in our lives and and just include God in every situation in your life every day every minute of the day and sometimes we forget to do that you know especially when we're like if we go on vacation you know we like to hang Jesus up at the door But you take him on vacation with you, and he'll show you a better way to take advantage of the time that you have your leisure time, you know, because uh, he knows that people need vacations just to get away from your job, but he can show you how to do it in a better way, amen? I bet you he can get you a cheaper deal for your vacation, show you where the cheaper cheaper hotels, show you who has the coupons. See, that's when, oh, Lord, help me. But, you know, but you have to include him in every way and he will help you. He'll help you. He wants to make sure that you get the best deal. He wants you to enjoy life. People think God doesn't want you to enjoy. He wants you to enjoy your life. See, what we like to do is X him out. You know, okay, God, I've been in church all week, so I need a break. But, you know, but you don't get a break from God. He, You know, and I'll put it like this. God does not want a break from you. He loves us so much. He wants to be around us all the time. He wants to be involved in everything that we do. Amen. He really does. He doesn't want us to X him out. It's just like saying, okay, God, see you later. And shut the door in his face. I'm done. I don't need anything right now. I'm on vacation. Or what do they call it? Sabbatical. You know. But I'm telling you, God wants to be involved in every area of our lives. Hallelujah. Take him on vacation with you. Take him everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Now, there is a supernatural divine Zoe life. Yeah, I wrote all of that. A supernatural divine Zoe life inside of us. That is the same life of Jesus. So, in other words, the Jesus lives on the inside of us amen hallelujah and it's not about how strong we are but it's about the strength that's in us and working through us that comes from god see a lot of people are still thinking carnally like you know well i'm stronger than her or i do more things i mean it's all about christ it's not about us anymore because we're mature christians we know better It's all about what God is, who he is in our lives, what he's doing in us and through us. Amen. And he's always there making us strong. Hallelujah. And so let's see if I want to go any further. in 16, that the riches of his glory to be strengthened by might, by his spirit in the inner man. And so I guess what I need need to really say is it's done through his spirit. Through his spirit into our spirit. Amen. And we, we forget that sometimes. Hallelujah. Now, why does God infuse us with his power and his strength to get a job done for him? It's always about what he needs. What's on God's agenda. Not man's. Although he wants us to vacate, he wants us to rest, he wants to give us the desires of our heart. He wants, and he does all of that stuff, and there's nothing wrong with it. He wants us to have these things, but he has a specific work for us to get involved in. And, of course, you know God is concerned about uh, humanity, Amen. amen, and that's always on his agenda, all the time but see when we we think life is good we forget about humanity and this i think it's it's not a good thing it's not the christian way but i think it's normal sometime for us to get out of sorts like that because of carnality and how we think but we all we should always start as we become more uh, more uh what is this thing i'm trying to say you know, you start to learn more mature. As you become more mature, you start to look at, now, what does God want to do here? What is God concerned about? And he's concerned about humanity. There's certain goals and expectations that God has for us. And his goals and what he wants, he's got those plans centered inside of us. Amen. If, I hope I didn't say that wrong. Jackie's looking like, what did you just say? Did I did I mess that up, Jackie? <laughs> OK, she said, uh-uh. no, nah, I don't know what you said. But OK, God has plans. I have no idea. God has plans for us and his plans and his goals. I put it like this should be first on our list more than what we want. Amen. We need to understand what is what is God? Why is he infusing me with strength? Why does he do these things? Why is he blessing me so you can bless somebody else? Whatever God does for us always involves someone else. It always does. It's never just about us. Amen. But it's always about God and what he has. What plans does he have for me today? Amen. This strength always leads us into triumph. This is triumphant strength. God's strength always leads us into triumph. And so if God has given us triumphant strength in every situation, then there's something he wants us to do while we're in this strength. Amen. Can you go to your neighbor's house? Can you send them, um, you know, uh, just put a card in their mailbox, ask how they're doing. Do you need any prayer? or what it is always going to lead back to prayer and a, and souls because god is concerned about souls humanity the harvest that that's the season that we live in amen so it should not be um a mystery because this is what god expects on your job i don't care where you go you wear that badge amen yeah. Your Christianity bad. Now you don't have to go and try to yank somebody's arm if it's in a sling. Don't do that. That was that other church I used to go to with no power, <laughs> but they made the attempt. And if their faith, if there was faith, those people got healed too. Amen. And so you know, I thank God. Be honest with you, because that's where I learned. I got my learning experience from. So I don't regret it not one day. I may say a little something sometime, but that's where, that was my, my launching pad. And I know God had me there for, for whatever reason, because it taught me a lot, but, um, I'm saying they, at least they asked because sometimes we don't ask, you know, amen. And so God, God is just so he's got everything set up when you, uh, the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. When you follow God's steps, he's going to put you in contact with somebody that needs something, I guarantee you. Now, if you somewhere God didn't tell you to be, that's a whole different story. Well, I, I went to the bar to pray for somebody. No, you didn't. I'm tired of hearing that one. Amen. But you know what I'm saying. If you follow his steps, you know. You know, His word is a lamp unto your feet, a light unto your path. It didn't, it didn't illuminate to the bar. It didn't. But those people need ministry too. But He'll send you to the market, and they'll be in there. Amen. Whatever. But God, God always attaches ministry, because that's that's the the kingdom of God. When you're living in the kingdom, this is part of our job. It's our job to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. So strength always leads us to triumph every time. You know, in other words, strength causes us to be victorious. And that's in second Corinthians two. If you want to re- write that down and you can read that as part of your, your daily reading second Corinthians two sixteen. Amen. So God empowers us with his strength to get his work done. Or to accomplish kingdom goals, and that's what I, you know, I'm, and it's not because I'm older, but I all, I was always concerned about having more, not things, but more of God, because I want to do more for Him, Amen. And I knew I was not equipped. I knew there was a lot I needed to learn, and so God answered that prayer. It's been a journey, but I think life is a journey when you are. Uh, with God, it's a day by day experience, and it's a good thing. It's a good road to be on. It's the narrow road, not that broad road that leads to destruction, but it's the narrow road that leads to God. Amen? And there's a lot of work to be done along the way, but it's a good work. It's kingdom work, and I like to look at it as highly classified work. Highly classified. <laughs> Amen. And so God is with us to reach our goals and to reach his goals, too. But he know that we need strength. He knows that we he God knows everything that we need. Amen. Hallelujah. So at our weakest, God makes us our strongest at our weakest. Hallelujah. He gives us wisdom. Not, and, you know, to confound the wisdom of the wise, he's always going to give his Christians, true Christians, the edge. Amen. They may know, but we know more. And so but we need to start activating that knowledge, I think, by the laying on the hands, praying for the sick um you know bring uh, uh having people leading people to the lord there's a lot of work and see we're living in the end times people are always talking about the end times i people keep the christians are that's all they talk about but i want to hear them talk about what they've done about living in the end times because that means that this time is running short and so we need to be about our father's business amen hallelujah it's a divine operation in a human, human cooperation. So this is why I wrote this. When the Lord was, I was talking to him about what, what really does strengthening us mean? What is strengthening us? What does that really mean? He said, it's a divine operation. That's God's part. Amen. With human cooperation. That's our part. Does that make sense? Amen. And so that's what being infused with his power and his strength. That's really, well, that's my interpretation of it. But I believe God gave that to me. So in other words, it's you and God. Amen. Who can get any job done and come against that enemy and annihilate him. You and God. Really, that's all God needs. That's all we need. Us and him amen and he he'll tell us what to do show us what to do he prepares us for everything that we need to do so we're going to talk about a person in the bible two people gideon and daniel and i don't want it's a long book and i'm i tried to cut it as long but you know the story but gideon was a a coward he was full of fear amen and he didn't think much of himself. in fact when God was, uh, kind of summonsing him, he said, I'm the least of my family. I'm the least of my fathers. And he was, he thought very lowly of himself because he, he stayed in fear a lot. But when God called him, found him in the wine press, you know, uh, cranking out grain, he, he, uh, he called him a mighty man of valor. He said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And I know Gideon looked around like, who's he talking to? Amen. Not talking to me. But this is the thing with God. You are whatever he calls you. Amen. You are whatever he calls you. So if he calls you a mighty man or woman of valor, that's what you are. It's just that you don't know it yet. Amen. And so he had to show, go to Judges 6, and he had to show Gideon exactly who he was. Amen. The Midianites were oppressing Israel. I just had to jot down so I wouldn't forget. The children of Israel were hiding in caves. And so everybody in the city was scared. Amen. Hiding in caves and in dens. Uh, hiding around the mountains they weren't free because the minyanites were uh, a threat to the whole land and so god was looking for one man that he felt could uh, stand up against the minyanites and you would think why would he go to somebody that was scared of his own shadow you know but, see, God does things like that to confound the ones that say, oh, move out the way. I can do it. I'll do it. I'm not afraid. God's not looking for those bolsters. He wants to show us what we're really made of. You know, in in the book, high school uh, yearbook, when they would uh, always have a person that was more likely to achieve or less likely, he's looking for the less likely to achieve amen so i i i didn't even show up for the pictures amen they just had a a, a picture of me and my graduation photo but this other stuff all those clubs and stuff i always made excuses so i wouldn't show up for the pictures and that's called low self-esteem but anyway um god's looking for those, those people and I think that's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Because, see, those kind of people really don't want fame. You know, they just want to be left alone. To be a loner and do what I carry my little corner and don't bother me. And God wants to bring those people out because he, he sees potential. Where every All of us have potential, even the ones that are, are bold and it's nothing wrong with being that in fact i think it's good but sometimes we go into a shell a little bit too much and our our greatest potential is being unutilized if that's a word if it's not we're going to pretend like it is today and so <laughs> we're going we're going to pretend and so god is looking for those kind of people so if that's you Don't ever have any doubt that God won't use you. And I'm not talking about this fake ministry stuff that people does. I'm talking about the real deal. Amen. And so God is looking for those people who not so much think less of themselves, but those who are humble and willing, even though they have to be kind of pushed out there because he had to do a lot to to get in. You know, he said, prove it to me and, you know, show me the fleece and just a lot of things that to convince Gideon that he was with him. And I understand that. And I used to think that that was a wrong thing to do until I really started to get the right kind of teaching. It's not wrong to do it because there's a lot of voices out there. Amen. And Gideon didn't want to be listening to the wrong voice because he knew that he was subject to hear the wrong voice. And so if you know that you're under that influence of maybe having this double mindedness, because you know, if he was in fear, he was double minded because that's what that is fear. And so he asked God to prove it, give him some proof. God did all that. I'm not going to read all of that, but, but you're going to write it down and you're going to read it at home. But I just want to read the important part so that you could get and understand What why I used this particular person, because God makes you great right where you are. He makes you great. You know, you don't need the greatness of the world. All you need is something from God. And and when God calls you a particular something and he says that you are able to do a specific thing and you can do it. Amen. In fact, I must tell you, it's yours to do because it's nobody else's job. Nobody else ain't going to do it. You must do what God has called you to do, and he'll equip you. And see, this is what uh, uh, he didn't understand. Gideon didn't understand the equipping part of his call. In fact, I don't even think he understood it was a call, but he got, he, he, he got into the swing of things pretty good. Judges 6, let's go at verse 1. Let's start there. And it says, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Midian for seven years. See, that's why it's good to be good kids, because when you, keep, uh, they kept ignoring God. They kept rebelling against God when he, God would give him, he God took good care of those people. And you know, I wish I could have stayed one size for 40 years. <laughs> they didn't grow too big for their clothes. I mean, they, God, God had them on a protein diet or some kind of diet, but he took care of every need. They didn't even get back. Amen. They didn't grow out of their shoe size. I mean, God had everything laid out for those people, but they, they were still dissatisfied. They built the grave in the images. They didn't want God. They didn't want Moses and his God. They wanted to do things their way. But God was so good and, and fatherly to these people. Let's, uh, do verse two. It says, and the hand of the Midian prevailed. And the hand of the Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel uh, made for themselves, where am I? Oh, the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So, in other words, they were hiding out. They weren't living free. They were afraid of the Midianites. But did you notice in verse 1? Did you notice? It says, then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Midianites. He delivered them into their hands. Hallelujah. Praise God. So let's see, where do I want to go from here? Let's drop down to verse 11. It says, and now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the tenor birth tree, um, which was in Oprah which belonged to Joash, the Abinanite. Did I say that right? No, that's okay. While his son Gideon threshed um, wheat in the wine press in order to hide hide it from the Minyanites. So I guess everything was undercover. Everything that they did, they had to be careful because they didn't want to be attacked. Verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now this is the, the angel of the Lord. And he calls him the same thing that God calls him. I'm getting a hint right here that we're supposed to repeat whatever God says about you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Whatever God says, you repeat it. You stand in the mirror and you re- remember those early exercises we did? They work. Amen. If he called me a mighty woman of valor, I'm going to look in my mirror and call myself the same thing. You repeat whatever God says, you say, amen. And that's what we're supposed to do. So the angel repeated what the Lord said, you mighty man of valor. 13, this is Gideon said to him. Oh, my Lord, if the, the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? See, you can never judge your situation. You can never say God is not with you because bad things are happening. I mean, God is, this is the thing. This is the thing that I learned. Okay, I might have some kind of, um, I can't think of what I call that, but, uh, you know, something coming against me. But God is with me in that. It doesn't mean that God has not left me. But see, Gideon had no, he was full of fear and he had no faith. But it says here, why has these things happened to us if God is with us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? See, it's like he performed miracles back then. Where is he now? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And and I'm sure he was looking at God like, what are you talking about? You know? But you know what? God is talking about a new thing. A new thing. He's always doing a new thing. He is talking about um, Gideon, the warrior. Amen. Because God sees you. He sees everybody victorious. He sees us all as overcomers because that's where we are. Amen. All we need to do is obey God. Verse 15, it says, so he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least of my father's house. Amen. Let's see. Am I going further? 16. It says, and the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Mennonites as one man. Oh boy. Now it's getting real shady <laughs> in his mind. <laughs> 17 says, and then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk to me in other words is this the devil is this a trick of the enemy like we used to bind everything i bind you satan in jesus name if this, is this you god and that's a legitimate question amen especially when you don't know him it's a legitimate question so the minyanites pressed israel oh i'm sorry oppressed israel and the mount the children of Israel hid in caves and dens in the mountains. We read that. And there was Gideon hiding in the wine press. So I'm just recapping. That's the situation that was with us. So you cannot hide from the devil when he's trying to overtake you in every way. You cannot run and hide. You must fight back. It's just like he delivered you a subpoena from the court. You must answer it. Amen. You must answer it. You cannot just say, well, if I just hide, this will go away. It won't go away. Amen. And so you must answer the devil. You never let him have the last word and you never let him see you sweat. I say sweat, (laughs) but you never let him know that you're afraid. Amen. You, you always fight back. Even if your punch is not accurate. At some point you will hit the bullseye if you keep fighting the devil. You will hit the bullseye and you'll be God's sharpshooter. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. You'll be His sharpshooter. And I'm telling you, you keep working with God. He'll make you strong, accurate. He'll make you, uh, give you revelation. He'll do all these things for you while He's called us to do a work for Him, but He's encouraging us and making us more than what we were before, even though He, He wants us to do a work for Him. But you know, all of this I can't help and I must say was all planned because God, God's the one that allowed the Mennonites to come against Israel and oppress them. And he already knew who he was going to choose to bring them out and to fight the Mennonites, but it had to, it had to play out. Are y'all here? It had to play out because God is always trying to show himself strong on our behalf. Number one, he wanted Gideon to know that he was a warrior. So he started by calling him that. And then he wanted to build him up and strengthen him and infuse him with his power and strength. Because Gideon said, I'm the least in my father's tribe. I'm the least. And in other words, I'm weak. I'm nobody. All I could do is grind this corn and hide it from the the enemy. And that's what I'm going to do. But God had to show him. You know, you are more than what you think you are. Amen. We're more than what. And especially when the devil try to pick you and tell you you're nobody. Nobody likes you. You're not going to amount to anything. Those are lies. Well, you know, God's already told us that he's a liar and his job is to lie, to kill, steal and to destroy. So we're not listening to that anymore. Amen. We don't listen to the devil anymore. We call, oh, you're a liar. Shut up. In Jesus' name, leave me alone. I resist you, Satan. That's the best thing because that's scriptural. I resist you, Satan, in Jesus' name. You can't keep listening to that stuff. It's like when you were a sinner and didn't know the Lord, that stuff worked. But it ain't working no more. Amen? Because you don't have to receive that. You have a mouth. Say what God says. God says that you're a defeated foe. Amen. God says that we can do all things through him who strengthens us. That we're victorious in him. Amen. So we don't have to take crap from the devil anymore because we're we're better than that. God has elevated his people. Amen. In any way Satan is under our feet. We need to keep him where he belongs, under our feet. We amen. We don't let up on him. I don't care if you don't feel like fighting. There's many days I don't feel like fighting, but I fight with my mouth. Amen. Devil you're a liar. I'm healed in Jesus name. You know, God has perfected me in all ways. So, so you have to fight him with what God has already said because God's already said it. So all we have to do is repeat what God has said. It's all we have to do. And that's your fight. That's your strength. That's everything that you need. God, God's already provided everything for us. He's made provisions for these people. He's done miracles. They've seen water come out of a rock. They saw the, the Red Sea divided and and they saw so many miracles and you know it rained quail and they didn't want that manna they didn't want that because they weren't they didn't want to be vegan and so it was just so many things that they that god did for these people he provided and he's a good provider and he always does exceedingly and abundantly above all we ever ask he does more than what we ask amen I mean, could you imagine these people for 40 years in the desert? They had, he made a road in the desert or way, whatever that scripture says, a way in the desert, a road and a river and whatever that, he made a way for them. And he never, ever ignored those people and they did whatever they wanted to do and they were complainers, complain, complain, complain all the time. But he still blessed them. But see, also he wanted to teach them. He wanted to teach every good parent wants to teach their children right from wrong. And so he wanted to teach them and show them their strength. Show Gideon who he really was. Because you could tell by his response, I'm the least in my father's house, that he didn't think very much of himself. And so God has all of this stuff already worked out. Every situation that you can ever get involved in, or every uh, adversity that comes your way, it's already worked out. God has already worked it out. How many of you agree with that? God has worked it out, and and the worst thing you can do is try to see it. Well, like me like uh, what's his name, Gideon. Well, why why did, why is this happening to us then? If you love us so much. And so we have to trust the word and trust that God has the answer. He is the answer. He's the answer. And when you have him, I don't, I didn't never could understand why these people were never satisfied when God himself did so many miracles for them. Amen. The same person that did that last miracle will do another miracle. So no matter what comes against you, adversity comes, but it also leaves because God has the answer. Nothing is permanent. Bad times are not permanent. They're just not permanent. Amen. Sickness, disease is not permanent because of who you are and whose you are. The devil can't keep you bound, but for so long. Amen. And so we never lose sight on who God is. He's a, he's a, a mighty terrible one. He loves us so much that he fights for us. Amen. Hallelujah. So you, you must fight the fight of faith. And this is what Gideon was expected to do. So Gideon was grinding corn in the wine press. That wasn't faith. That didn't take faith. But but God said to Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And that changed his whole life. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you always have to um, just trust God and trust that he knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. God loves taking weak things and making it strong or people, or he likes taking nothing and turning it into something. Amen. And so Gideon said he was the least of anything, but see God likes to use these kind of people to show them how strong they can really be. Gideon didn't look at himself as a, a a victorious person, but he was, let's go over to Romans and we're going to come back to judges. Let's go over to Romans twelve, <clears throat> because uh there's a certain thing that we and it's not a big deal, but it's easy for us because we belong to God, and we need to give ourselves to him Romans twelve one did I say that mm-hmm. Hallelujah that there okay romans twelve one, and we know romans 12 always talks about meditating on the word of god we already know that so this has something to do with that <clears throat> now when adam sinned and was hiding from god god says adam where art thou see this is my point god is always looking for us we ain't so much looking for him let's let's don't get it twisted Even though Adam had failed and sinned, he went and hid. God was still looking for him. And that's why God cried out to Adam, where art thou? And he says, I'm here. What are you doing? I'm hiding. Why? Because I was afraid. Gideon did the same thing. He hid because he was afraid. He hid in the wine press, but God has the answer. He had the answer for all of us. He has for all of us who are afraid. For all of us who are hiding, amen. God is saying it's time to come out and allow Him to help you, change you, encourage you, strengthen you, and infuse you with His power and His might. And that's all this story was about, amen. <clears throat> so He's looking for you. You don't have to look for Him. He's gonna look for you. Just like He looked for, for Adam. He's gonna look for you, amen. And he delights in cleaning us up and calling us sons. God, God, he looks for you. He don't care how dirty you are. Amen. He just don't. He's looking for your kind. So he can call you out and say, where art thou? Come to me, all those who are burdened and heavily laden, and I will give you rest. I will encourage you. I will bless you. I will set you apart. But God is asking us to do this one thing to sacrifice ourselves and give ourselves over to Him. Let's read in 12.1 of Romans. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And then, of course, two, says and do not be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind well this is what he was trying to achieve in gideon he was trying to allow gideon to understand what he was trying to do that what he was laying in in his lap and hoping that he would conform and not think about uh the past, or who he used to be, or who he thought he wasn't. But he wanted him to give himself over to him and be a living sacrifice so that he could be used. And we need to do that more often. But what we do is we wait until not only God draft us, but drag us. Amen. (laughs) And God is saying, no, I want you to come on your own. Amen. Come to me, those who are burdened, heavily laid, and I'll give you rest, but I'm going to use you too. And I think this is sometimes what we try to avoid. But God wants us to be a living sacrifice, amen? Because it's your reasonable service. Okay, let's go back to Judges. So this is where he was trying to get uh, Gideon to understand that I drafted you. And <laughs> this is it. You're not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. But together, we're going to just do it and get the job done. God instructed Gideon to get a trumpet and a picture. And don't try to figure that one out. See, when God finally gets you to understand that he wants to use you, don't start trying to pick his plan apart. Amen. If he tells you to get a picture and a trumpet, go get a picture and a trumpet. Amen. Because let me tell you what we do, because I see it all the time. They want to do a better a better way. Well, see, I've been doing this for so many years and I don't want to do it any other way. That's rebellion. Amen. And so we need to obey God. If God tells you to go to get a trumpet, go on to Sam Ash and get a used trumpet. And go to dollar store and get a picture. And just obey him and do and don't question God. Amen. Because this is, you know, God is judging that. He's watching that on purpose. Because see, He could easily say, "Because we're going to do." He don't want to say that. He want to see where what you going to do. Amen. And so this is His there His instructions, and of course, I'm hoping He did. Yeah, He did it. Let's go to Judges seven. Let's flip over from six. Let's go to Judges 7, verse uh, 2. And it says, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into your hand. Least Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has saved me. See, the Lord, I think there started out 132,000, something like that, men that was in this army in israel at the time and when god proved himself and and allowed uh gideon to question him and you know let him know okay you're on board with me this is god and i'm going to use you you're a mighty man of valor he started telling him to cut the team now you know he didn't want to do that amen and so this is where he cut a few, and this is what God is saying to him in verse 2. It says, and the Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Mennonites, because it won't look like a miracle. It'll just look like a bunch of people fought a bunch of people, and the strongest people won. Well, God didn't want it to look like that. He wanted everybody to see his power. And know that he intervened, that he's a God that's capable of saving. Amen. And that he's a powerful God. So it says, let's see, where am I? Let's go to three. It says, now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, whoever is fearful and afraid, let them return to their own house and departed once from Mount Gilead. Gilead, And twenty. 2000 people i i put it like this 22000 cowards returned and 10000 remained so that cut the cut, that cut the uh uh the people by 10 uh, a lot but they was left with 10000 people because he said the fearful and the faint hearted go home and then, and i guess it's good that they were honest mhm i don't like to think of myself as being one of those that would have left So I'm going to say I would have stayed, amen, and so would you. (laughs) Verse 4, it says, But the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. And then it will be that of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, or the same shall go with you. And of whomever I say to you, This one shall not go with you. So in other words, God is saying, bring them all down to the water and let me be the judge. So he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, anyone who gets down on his knees to drink. And the number of those who lapped, putting their hand up to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people go down on one knee and drink the water. And then the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets, in their hand and he sent them away and the rest of israel even every man to his tent and retained those 300 men now the camp of midian was below him in the valley and it happened on the same night that the lord said to him arise go down against the camp for i have delivered you I had delivered it into your hands. See, when God says He's delivered something into your hands, He's done all the work. All you gotta do is be quiet and do what He said. Amen. People, people don't like to take instructions because they have a better idea. But that's just a root of rebellion. Amen. Well, it's mighty quiet in this Presbyterian church, but it still doesn't make it false. It makes it Real, more real than we know, <laughs> amen, so let's see where am I at? <clears throat> uh, does anybody know where I am? I'm in ten, okay, it says, but if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant, uh, let's see, I think I skipped something, did I? No, okay, I didn't. And it says, in 11, it says, and you shall hear what they say. In other words, he's telling um, Gideon this. If you don't feel comfortable with the men, the 300 men that I gave you, and you think you're going to be wiped out by all those thousands of men, (laughs) go and snoop on them. Go to their camp at night and find out, see if you can listen to their plans. If that's the, see, God didn't need him to do that. He didn't do that for God. God allowed him to do that for himself. See, whenever God called you to do something, he's going to try to make it as easy as possible. Amen. It doesn't look like it at first, but as you stick with God and you stick with the plan, you'll see that it gets easier, not harder. The hardest part is saying yes and allowing God to give you that assurance that he's with you. This is him. He's with you. You know, that kind of thing. And so they had passed that stage. And so he was, he's saying, I'll allow you to, you know, go ahead and go down and snoop, get the feel of the place, see what, see what you're up against. And God will do things like that to encourage us. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see. Did I do 11? No. It says, and you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. And then he went down with Purah, the servant, to the outposts of the armed men who were in the camp. And now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east were laying, laying in the valley as numerous as locusts. Uh, are y'all here? As numerous as locusts, and he had 300 men. Amen. I I know a lot of people would have freaked out. Amen. But see, God has to have a plan. When things don't look right to you in the natural, know that God has a plan. He has a plan. That's our prophetic word. He has a plan. He always has a plan. There's nothing, there's no surprises with God. God, they don't, the devil can't surprise God. Amen. God knew who was down there. This is why he allowed Gideon to go and see whatever, to make him feel comfortable. I don't know. But I know God is with him and he'll do things like this to help us. So let's see, I think I was in 12, now the Midianites and the Malachites, all the people of the east were laying around as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in the multitudes. Oh, my goodness, look up and look down. And it was as many as Abraham's seed. (laughs) 13, and then Gideon had come there. Uh, Gideon had come and there was a man telling a dream to his companion he said i have a dream and he to my to my surprise a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of the midianites it came to a tent and stuck and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed and then uh, his companion answered and said this is nothing else but a sword of gideon and the son of Jonash, a man of Israel, into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. Amen. And so it was, it was when Gideon had heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and he said, arise for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. See God, all that God had all that plan because He's smart. He knows what He's doing. Let's flip over to chapter eight, verse four. You can read it again when you get home. Let's see. Are we going to just do four? Yeah. Eight, verse four. It says, "Then Gideon came to the Jordan. He and the three hundred men who were with him crossed over, exhausted, but still in pursuit." Can you imagine? They were exhausted, but they were in hot pursuit. Okay, let's go to chapter 10. Just trying to keep keep with the highlights. Amen. Chapter 10. Oh, let me find it. It says, and um, after Abimelech, there arose to save Israel Tola, the son of Pura, that Pura was the servant, the son of uh, Dudo, Dodu, a man of Ithacar, okay, a man of Ithacar, so you have to remember all of this stuff. And he dwelt in Shimar in the mountains of Ephraim. He judged Israel twenty three years and he died and was buried in Shimar. And let's see, after him arose, gee, I don't want to read all of that. Let's see. And let's go down to six. It says, Then the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. See, they won a victory and start messing up. Amen. I'm not going to say what I want to say, <laughs> but they messed up. Let's go down to verse 22. Want a victory? Saw that they were strong, and then they want to mess up. Did I do that? Uh, right. Okay. Maybe it's ch- is this chap chapter twenty two. Let's try that. Because I was just gonna read at the very end. No twenty two. 21 must be a 22 Nope. okay well let's read at the end i remember reading it says i wrote it and and the rule over his at the end when gideon was asked about ruling over over oh yeah when they at the end when they asked gideon to to be the king of israel does does anybody see that Maybe I can do better if I stand up. What is it? Eight? Really? Forty-three. Let me go back there. Okay. Yeah, I know it's verse 22 of some chapter. I don't know how I... Okay. Okay. Yeah, this is it. It's thank you. It says, and then the men of Israel said to Gideon, rule over us. See, they saw all this stuff. Now, before he was the wine press coward. (laughs) But now that he's won a victory, they said, well, you be our king. Rule over us. Both of you and your son and your grandson also want the whole family. For you have delivered us from the hand of the Midianites. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. And that was a good answer. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder. You know, because when that one time when the enemy came in, uh, when they blew the the trumpet, that's what you're gonna read when you go home. They blew the trumpet in the pictures, and shone the light shone on them, and um, they re It scared them so bad they ran, and left all of their goods. They left the gold, they left the hogs, the <laughs> the horses, and so Gideon says, "I want some of that spoil." That's what he's saying. Go get me some earrings. So that's you know. That's what that's about. So let me just do 24 and then we're going to wrap it up. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request of you uh, that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder. For they had had golden earrings because they were Israelites, Ishmaelites. So they answered, we will gladly give you to them. And they spread out a garment, and each man threw into it the earrings from the plunder. Because see, they already had confiscated all this stuff. And now the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold beside the crescent ornaments, pendants, and purple robes, which were on the, the kings of Midian and besides the chains that were around their camels' necks. Even the camels had necklaces. <laughs> I think I would have got me a couple of those too. 27, then Gideon made it into an e-pod and set it up in his city, Oprah. And all Israel played the harlot, which is there. It became a snare to Gideon and to his house Thus Midian was subdued before the children of Israel so that they lifted their heads no more. And the country was quiet for 40 years in the days of Gideon. Amen. And then in 29 it talks about Gideon's death. So God made him great. The people even wanted him for their king. Never underestimate where you are now and where you are going. God can do any. Thing. Amen. Hallelujah. He can do anything for anybody at any time. Adversity does not mean that you have failed and it does not mean that you're not going forward. Amen. Sometimes it takes adversity to bring you to the end of what you're doing. Amen. So that God can get our attention, so that He can get the victory that he needs, that he would like, and you get the victory that you so desperately need. Amen? And so God does things according to the counsel of his own will. He lets no man tell him what to do because he knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And he's trying to lead and guide us into all truth. And so what we need, the only thing we need to do is just obey God. That's all. It's very simple. I heard somebody say that not long ago. They were preaching. They said it's, it's very, I think Gloria Copeland said, it's very easy to just obey God. What's the problem? <laughs> but see, what we need to do is is enter into his rest and get our change, our minds changed. And that's why sometimes we don't obey him. We got too much other stuff on our minds. And it doesn't need to be there because it's a holdback. back. Amen. God knows what he's doing. He loves us. He has our best interest at heart. That's what you must know and understand. Amen. And he always fights for his anointed. God always does. Amen. God makes us stronger. And you're stronger than you think you are. You know, we have this strength. God has a a special name that he's calling us. But we need to understand That he wants, give him a chance. I'll put it like this. We need to give him a chance to bring those things out in us. Amen. The Bible says that when we're weak, he is strong in us by infusing us with his abilities, his power, and his strength. All that stuff comes from God. Now, what stops us from being victorious and doing the will of God to to the best of our ability is we think this strength is coming from us. We have to have our own plans. Our own purposes. And God doesn't, he don't have to tell us all of that. All you have to do is be where he told you to be. And receive. Amen. Amen. So when we are weak, God is strong. Jesus had to be strengthened by an angel. And so I want to just show us in Luke 22 that we're not the only ones that God has to strengthen. Jesus was on in the garden before he faced Pilate and Herod. He had some stuff on his shoulders. Amen. He needed some strength from somebody. So in Luke 22, we're just going to read about that right quick. He really needs. See, God knows what we need. I'll just leave it like that. He knew what Jesus needed. He made sure he sent an angel to give it to him. Amen. Uh, 2239. Hallelujah. And it says. uh, Let me see. Is that the right one? Okay. Well, maybe I don't have the right. Oh. And flip over a page. 22-39. Coming out. And this is in the garden. Coming out he went to the Mount of Olives. As he was accustomed. And his disciples also followed him. And when he came to the place. He said to them. Pray that you may not enter. Into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them. About a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, see, that ought to be uh, a frequent thing that we tell God. Because, see, that keeps us out of trying to control everything. God, if you don't want me to do this, if this is not your will, then what i want to do then your will be done drop it real quick you see how quick it's not even a is there a comma yeah there is a comma but just a comma nevertheless my will be done amen and we need to be more ready to give up our plans and our ideas for god's ideals we need to be willing to allow God to have His way in our life since He created us. He created us. We belong to Him. We've been purchased with a price. Amen. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He's our Father. I think we kind of need to do what He tells us to do. Amen. Let's go one more scripture. In 43, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Amen. Hallelujah. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. They could, they just couldn't handle it. But, he couldn't run away from it. He he couldn't run away from it. And I don't think he wanted to run away from it. How much time do we find? Okay. All right. Thank you. Daniel, if you can write that down. Daniel 10.13. I don't think we have time to go through it, but let me just see how long it is. Yeah, It's pretty long. We'll write that down. Maybe I can... If I find it quick. Okay, I found it. I'll give you a little head start. Daniel 10, 13. It says, but the, okay, let me just kind of set it up. These were prophecies concerning Persia and Greece. It says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. And this is when that angel withstood him for 21 days. Daniel had prayed and he wanted an answer from God. But his answer got held up. Amen. Don't always think because your answer don't come quickly that it's you. Because God is, God is fighting the good fight of faith. He has the angels and, and his set himself, his power and his authority fighting for you. And so, uh, Daniel needed some encouragement. And I'll, so I'll start again. It says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. And now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Hallelujah. So I'm going to let you finish. I went all the way to uh, verse 19. Amen. Amen. But he's, I did want to read where it says he was strengthened. Let's try 18. 19, it says, and he said, oh, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened. This is the angel speaking to Daniel. I was strengthened. And he said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Ain't everybody needs strengthening. Psalm eighteen thirty-two. We can go there real quick. Hallelujah. Eighteen. Thirty two. And it says, let's see. Come on. It is it is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. Psalm 27. Let's flip it over a little bit. Verse 1. And it says, The Lord is my light and my strength. Whom shall I fear? There's a song that uses these words. The Lord is my strength and my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Um, I want to read the second one. It's so important. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may arise against me, in this I shall be confident. Amen. And so you can write all those down. There's one more. It's Psalm 28 verse seven. And it says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. Hallelujah. Verse eight says, the Lord is my, is their strength and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Amen. He is your saving refuge. He is our saving refuge and he will help us. Amen. So you're stronger than you think. Don't ever think that you're not strong. Just give, give God a chance to infuse you with his power. Amen. Never go by how you feel. Never go by how things look. Never go by how you feel. Never. Don't trust how you feel. Amen, because that's part of your feelings is part of your soul. And so but God deals with your spirit. And so trust him in these times of weakness, these times of feeling alone. I'm telling you, God is with you may not feel like it, but you use your faith and trust that he is with you at all times. And he is strengthening you, especially when you need it every time you need it. Even if you don't ask for it. He knows what you need. Amen. All right. Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. We bless you, Father. Hallelujah. And we lift you up in Jesus' name. We love you, Father, and we exalt you. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this hour, Lord. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you for encouraging us. We thank you for strengthening us, Lord. We thank you for all that you do. And we, we thank you for those things that we expect you to do. And we know that you never make mistakes and that you're for us and with us. And so we do thank and praise you, Father. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God.